This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to an excerpt of the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Well, our social media correspondent, Jamie Wise from the Buzz Index, stopped by the basement to tell us what's been going on lately, and he's been all about oil. Let's listen in. And in our second headline, our social media buzz correspondent, Jamie Wise from the Buzz Index, joins us. Man, welcome back. Hey, Joe. How are you? It's great to be back with you. Well, it's it's a very exciting time because it's the start of summer. Of course, we're really busy. So we're recording this, you and I both a little early because we're both taking vacations, which brings me to you guys have this thing we talked about before on the show, which is you have these buzz insights. And by the way, people can get those by going to stackybenjamins.com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. And you'll go right to the page where you can sign up for the insights. But an insight I got recently Reminded me of the road trip I'm about to take. You were talking about oil. What the heck's going on with oil? Really interesting insight that we saw here. It was specifically around sentiment relating to Marathon Oil, which is, you know, an integrated oil services company. Um, but like most oil companies, tracks the price of oil to a reasonably high correlation. And and this one is one that comes in and out of our of our index and our radar with respect to people being positive or negative on it. The last time it came into the index was back in October of 2016, and oil had sort of been moving around a little bit, but somehow people started becoming positive as oil seemed to be bottoming, and we really caught a nice move in the stock. We went from around 14 to a little bit over 18 in the stock in, in short order, and a little about maybe a month or so. And then all of a sudden, oil continued to drift sideways. This would have been when it was trading in the mid-50s, started drifting lower. Marathon started getting ahead of that. And when we took another look at the index in January, we realized that sentiment was still high, but not nearly as high as it was. And the weighting got cut in half on that stock. So it was still in the index, but at a much lower weight. And then one month later at the February rebalance, you know, the stock had continued to drift lower by about another dollar. Oil was not really doing much. And boom, it comes out of the index. So it, we sold the stock somewhere around 16 or 17 after, you know, an initial purchase of 14 and then cutting the weight in half. And then oil falls off a cliff. And as we all know, year to date, oil's down probably around 20%. We had no exposure to the to, to marathon during that downturn in oil. 
And then all of a sudden in June, with oil trading around $44, we get the green light again again on Marathon. People talking positively about the stock, fallen too far, valuations taken down too much. Oil seems to be bottoming here. Now's the right time to get in. I, I, I see it at the gas pump. I mean, I'm paying, I paid a price today for gas, $1.87 that I haven't seen in forever. Yeah, it's, you know, maybe it's that summer season coming back. Maybe it's the economy getting on good ground. There's so many factors that go into the price of oil. Sentiment, of course, being one of them. And the same goes for the companies that produce the products that we all put into our cars. Um, they really tend to have this overreaction, underreaction. I think what we've seen right now is that it's been such a weight, the price of oil. It's come down so much. The stocks have even underperformed the, the commodity itself. I think people are starting to turn positive on it, broadly speaking, that you know now's a good time to get back into the names. Well, clearly they are. I mean, just to be clear with everybody that, that might be new to the Buzz Index, what you guys do is not survey people. You don't, uh, you don't go around quizzing people about what they think. You guys just, you're like a fly on the wall with the chatter that's out there. So apparently if you bought it, there's a lot of people out there in social media world that think that oil ha- is it about them. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That discussion has moved to online platforms, right? It's, it's you know, gone are the days where people are, you know, just comfortable listening to one investor advisors or one portfolio manager's opinion. Um, they know there's a community out there of people that do their own research, that have their own opinions on the stock, and they engage with them in online communities. And we are that fly on the wall listening to that content, listening to that conversation. And when there's enough of it, it actually really can be predictive of what people are doing and are about to do in their investment portfolios. And we're seeing that with Marathon, for example, people are really talking positively about that company from an investment perspective, saying now's the time to get back in. My goal with this segment isn't just to talk about the buzz index, but while we're on that uh, on that idea, the uh, uh, I want to address a, a letter that I got. Maybe you can help me with this because uh, this gentleman was asking me, where does the buzz index really fit in a portfolio? People may know that I have the Buzz Index in my portfolio. Uh, performance so far this year up uh, a one and a half percent. Excuse me, this month up one and a half percent. And I mentioned we're doing this a day before the month ends. But uh, right now you're at one point five percent above the S and P five hundred. One year five uh, percent above the S and P five hundred. But is this really an S&P 500 competitor? I mean, S&P 500 is passive investing. And I think, Jamie, that like when we had you and Phil back on, really, you guys are kind of where active investing is headed, don't you think? That's exactly right. You know, there's... And far be it for me to tell any one of your listeners what's appropriate for them for for their own individual portfolios. But I think generally what most investors face is this decision, you know, do I take an active approach to my investment portfolio or do I take a purely passive approach? And and passive is is really just market cap weighted beta. It's the S&P 500. And for people that think that's the appropriate vehicle, there, there is no comparison to that. That's what you should be buying. Um, But for the rest of the world, they really do think that there's some value in active. It's just a matter of how do we define active, how have we defined it historically, and and how will the future define active management? And historically, it's been find a good portfolio manager, find a student of the markets, and and hopefully this person can beat the S&P 500 over time through his skill and timing and acumen. What we're seeing today is a real shift in the way active management is being defined. It's no longer about you know meeting with company management and doing your 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 balance sheet research and your company report research. 
there are so many alternative data sets available to us now, really because of the internet, because of this explosion in data that exists in the world, where you can get a much better sense of the prospects for a company by looking at these large data sets. And of course, no individual can do it, but with the increase in computer power, with the with the, the relative reduction in the price of processing power, we can analyze these large data sets and get insights that we could never get before. Even the smartest portfolio manager just didn't have enough time to analyze all of this content. And I think really that's where you know the conversation is going today. We see it not only um, uh, you know amongst people online thinking about how should they be approaching you know their investment portfolios and what types of data should they be using, but in the institutional community, right? They want to understand and they clearly understand there's data out there. You know, what can we do to use this data in a new way such that we can give our portfolios a chance to outperform and, and really create something that's unique and find that magical alpha we're all looking for. Yeah. And alpha, I wanted to talk, I'm glad you said that word because that was kind of where I was going, is that alpha is a manager's ability to bring something to the table that the index isn't, right? And increasingly, it's difficult to find a manager who has a magic wand. There are managers who've delivered alpha. Just finding one that delivers alpha consistently is is the difficulty. So using algorithms and using systems like you guys are, or some other companies that we've talked about, it totally seems to me like, that's where it's headed with active investing. But but I want to ask you, you guys did a survey around this recently uh, where you kind of showed that your whole game is alpha. Tell me about that. Yeah, we, we did a study of our portfolio returns. And this is something that you know we're seeing more and more with the institutional clients that we're talking to. They recognize that you know, you need to understand the attribution of your returns. What is driving the return? So if you're a you know, large institutional investor and you have a return from a hedge fund manager or, um, you know, some other fund that you're invested in, that manager might say, look, you know, I've given you a X percent return, but now you can do some studies that really try and break down that return to see where are those returns coming from? What factors are driving those returns? And we can put them in really uh, classic buckets that we can all relate to, whether that's growth or value or size or momentum or ba- quality. Basically, and we can we can look at those returns and say, are any of those returns really the key contributors to the returns of the fund overall? And if not, then what's left must be alpha from that manager's approach. Gotcha. And 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 you found and and by the way, what you're saying is. Are there any of these things that an index could have, could have done, right? Because we're talking about passive versus active. So most of your stuff is coming from uh, large growth. Well, why, why the hell wouldn't I just own the large growth? Why wouldn't I just own the large growth index? But, you right. could, but, but when you did this, you found out that yours was none of the above. Yeah, or the vast majority, you know, north of 80, 85% of our returns were unexplainable by traditional factors, which means that their process that we use at at Buzz that is selecting securities is coming up with portfolios that can't be explained by these traditional metrics. And and therefore, that 85% of the returns that we're generating, that's our alpha. That is the unexplained you know, you can't replicate it with a passive approach. You can't replicate it with a factor approach. Therefore, the active style that we are following, and it's a rules-based style, so this is important. It's not like your old portfolio manager who can, you know, change his mind and have style drift and introduce new variables. This is a rules-based approach that is consistently deployed month in, month out. 
is is generating return profiles that can't be replicated using you know traditional passive or factor based investment styles. So to Richard who asked me that question, there's there's our answer. Thanks for thanks for taking a little extra time today to answer that. But I think that answers it clearly. If and uh, and, and to Richard's credit, it's a great question. Absolutely, and it's a question you should be asking not just generally, but about all the um, investments you have in your portfolio, right? Am I being compensated and getting exposure to something that I can't create for myself in a cheaper, more efficient way? And is this manager delivering some sort of value to my portfolio proposition? Back to the Buzz Insights. You can sign up for the Buzz Insights by going to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. We've made that link for you to take you right there. So it's really easy. Uh, I absolutely dig those, Jamie. Thanks for hanging out, Jamie Wise. As always, great to be here. Happy summer holiday season. Amen, brother. Have, have fun Have fun with uh, with spending a lot of money. Well, not that much money on oil, apparently. <laughs> For more on the Buzz Index, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. And for more on Stacking Benjamins, you can find us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, wherever you download podcasts. I'm Joe Salcihai. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.